freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan Todd. we got a great show today, but our theme scares me a little bit. No guns for you. Cheryl, are you telling me something? Do we have some bills to pay, or what are you telling me, that I can't buy any guns? Well, what I have on my mind is uh, definitely the guests we have coming up have got some very uh, compelling uh, reasons why we should never lean towards anybody that would maybe campaign politically on a platform of no guns for you, and uh, we have the the DNC starting up. I think it's tomorrow in Philadelphia, um, and they are. Is that the Democrats for No Carry? <laughs> you know what? I'm sure they're Democrats for No Carry because uh, a major portion of their platform and of Hillary Clinton's platform is to fight against, to undermine whatever description you want to put in there our Second Amendment rights. And something that frustrates me so much when I hear people talk about the Second Amendment is that I think that we have just forgotten so much. And it's not just like individually we've forgotten, but I feel like um, almost generationally we have forgotten that the Bill of Rights was put into the Constitution as a list of of things that, well, what it did was it limited these things in the Bill of Rights, limit the power that the government has over the people. Okay, that's the whole point of the Bill of Rights. And within the Bill of Rights, the first one, right, the First Amendment is for speech and religion. The Second Amendment, it's the second one they put in there, is about our right to defend ourselves mostly against the government. Hence, it's in the Bill of Rights that is a restriction not on we the people. It is a restriction on the government. And so when we say that the Democratic National Party and and Hillary is running on a winning proposition to undermine the Second Amendment, that's a big deal. That's something that should be taken very, very seriously. It should be a losing campaign promise. Ten years ago, it would have been a losing campaign promise. Yeah. And And when you said limits, it made me think about, you know, when you put a limit on somebody, they just want more. And it's like a kid. You give a kid a cookie so he can have one cookie, and he eats that cookie. He's going to figure out before he even finishes it how he can get another cookie, right? Mm -hmm. The limits are very 
scary, I guess. So you're saying then that uh, slowly over the years, I'm paraphrasing you now, slowly over the years, starting with maybe, was it 1964, 1968? I always say 64. I don't know why I do that. Um, 1968, our Second Amendment has been slowly chipped away at. Right. And so we made some concessions. Okay, fine. You know, it was then, interesting, too, because it really started in 1934. That's when the first one happened. But that wasn't here in America, was it, Dan? No, no it happened here, too. We, okay. we, had, we had one, too. That I think it's 34. But what is interesting that it, we went a long, long time before 1968, and then they really started hitting us hard. Well, and then every time, getting back to your give a mouse a cookie or give a kid a cookie analogy, uh, every time that the rights restrictors want to come after more of our rights, they act like we're at square one, like we haven't given a, a, yeah, they haven't even an anything. inch. And then, you know, they yell and they scream and they get all emotional. It's for the kids, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And so... Um, you know, we've caved a little and we've caved a little. And each time they come back, they act like uh, they're starving, right? They, they act like, I never had a cookie. You I, know, I need a cookie. We've had Democrats on this show, and we know several Democrats that own guns. Mm-hmm. So how do they, what we've never asked is, how are you going to vote mm-hmm. when your leader mm-hmm. says, and she has said, mm-hmm. that we're going to do away with the Second Amendment in in one way or another, she said that. So now, how do you as a Democrat, do you vote when that happens? Yeah. Is your, are your rights more important than having her at the helm? That is a tough one. And a couple of times that I've asked the question directly to the person that, that is a registered Democrat, they immediately start talking about how bad Donald Trump is. And so they're basically saying, trying to convince themselves maybe, well, I can't vote for him because of all these other things. And it's like, yeah, but my question is, if your Second Amendment rights, let's assume you were a a single-issue voter and the Second Amendment rights were your issue, do you still vote for Hillary because you are a registered Democrat? Or do you vote for the guy that the NRA has, supposedly at least, vetted? I don't think the NRA just throws around their their endorsements um, lightly. So they would have vetted Donald Trump and said, yeah, he's going to be solid on, on supporting the Second Amendment. And then there's people that would immediately start vilifying the NRA. Well, do these people understand how much time and effort and, and money is put into safety courses that have nothing to do with making sure that more people buy guns. We're talking about refuse to be a victim, right? It has nothing to do with guns at all other than keeping yourself safe in all areas of your life. And the, uh, the program for kids, the NRA Eddie Eagle program, that actually teaches kids, if you see a gun, get away from the gun. Go tell an adult. Yeah, and that program has no guns in, in it. They don't show a picture of a gun. They don't have any guns anywhere. You know what, though, Cheryl? Hmm. We've got a show to start. We do. You haven't even told us who's, any, who our right. guests are. Man, we've really digressed. Go ahead. Right. Well, our first hour, we're going to have U.S. Oklahoma Congressman Steve Russell. 
He's a native Oklahoman and represents the 5th U.S. District of Oklahoma. He's a 21-year veteran of the U.S. Army. Thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a special speaker at the D.C. Project refuting the common sense Quote, unquote, in yes, quotes. <laughs> that anti-gun rights people ask. Mm-hmm. He was phenomenal. We'll I mean, call it the so-called common sense. Yeah, that's questions. better. That's better. Our second, our, our second guest is Charles Heller. He's a co-founder of AZCDL. JPFO, and host of Liberty Watch Radio. He's going to talk to us today about No Guns for Negroes. That is a documentary that the JPFO, which is the Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership, has uh, has filmed and, and produced. They also have No Guns for Jews, another documentary, and one that just... It was so hard for me to watch um, the other day. I, I put it on so that I would, you know, doing my research for the show. It's called Innocence Betrayed, and it goes around the globe and shows all the different incidents, all the different times when the government has decided that uh, it, it wants an uneducated and unarmed populace so that they can wipe out swaths of people it was really, really difficult to watch, but I, I recommend all three of these videos, and we're going to be talking to Charles Heller about those. Right. On our second era, we have Mia Anstein. Oh, you said her name right. Oh. She's going to be so excited. <clears throat> Last time we had her on, Dan called her Mia Vanstein, so it's kind of become our little joke. But Well, I'm sorry about that, <laughs> Mia, but she's a hunting guide and co-owner of Wolf Creek Outfitters, and... Drum roll. Mm-hmm. She was the third woman to ever grace the cover of Field and Stream magazine. Right now, if you go buy a Field and Stream magazine, the person on the cover is our friend Mia Anstein. We are just so excited about uh, that because the <clears throat> the inside it actually talks about I think eleven different women who have really um, defined themselves uh, in the the hunting world. And the article was written by our friend, who's also been on the show, Miss Barbara Baird of Women's Outdoor News. We also have John Adine. He is with the Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership and recently published in USCCA Magazine an article that poses the possibility that terrorists may see the gun-free hospital zones as inviting targets. Very scary. It is very scary to think about, and especially when you, um, you know, he spends so much time in hospitals. So, you know, he's looking tactically at his environment, and he's saying, so if I was a bad guy, ooh, we've, we've left some pretty wide open doors here to, to look like an inviting target. So uh, definitely stick around to, to listen to Dr. John Adine. And in the meantime, you can be looking up his article in uscca.com. Sure, we're running out of a lot of time, but I want to tell you, we went and saw Hillary's America, that Denise D'Souza. Dinesh D'Souza, Dinesh D'Souza, D'Souza yes. about Hillary's America. And um, this is going to tie in a lot with that No Guns for Negroes. Mm-hmm. I recommend that movie to anyone, mm-hmm. both sides, to take a look at just to see what's going on. I agree. It was a very powerful and very compelling movie, mostly about the, the secret history of the democratic party. And that's the subtitle of the film. And if you've seen it, then you basically have seen the documentary, no guns for Negroes. Um, 
and it's uh, it's really interesting. I, I would definitely recommend it to both sides. You know, you can't just clamp your mind shut and say, well, that's just going to make Hillary look bad, and that's the only reason it's designed and made, and so therefore I'm going to turn my nose up at it. I think you should watch it and then and then think critically about what you're seeing. Right. Weigh and, it out. Do some research. Right. When we, see if it jives. When we saw the Michael Moore movies, yuck, we saw... Um, <laughs> There was a lot of things he could not back up. Right. But you look at uh, DeSouza's movie, mm-hmm. There's he's got stuff to back that up. It's, he he's does. just not blowing smoke. No, he isn't. Well, stick around because we do have an amazing show today where we're going to talk about no guns for you right after this. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we have a big show lined up today. Our theme is No Guns for You. And uh, Don't look at me when you say that, Cheryl. <laughs> Well, Dan, you know, I've seen azfirearms.com, the walls, the showcases, you know, the uh, behind the scenes. And you've you've got a few guns over there. What, what, 1,200 or so? Shh. (laughs) Don't tell Cheryl. Yeah, Cheryl already knows. So uh, maybe that's why I'm looking at you saying maybe no more guns for you for a while, for a while. Just one more. Just one more. That's always take two. They're small, right? Um, Not well, necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do we have? A howitzer cannon? 
No, we have two. That's right. We have two howitzers cannons because why not, right? His and hers. His and hers. For me. <clears throat> That's the way it seems to work out. Excuse me. Um, so we are uh, waiting to connect with the congressman, Steve Russell, out of Oklahoma. And while we're, we're waiting for that to connect, let's talk a little bit about Cleveland, the, the RNC that uh, just was held, the Republican National Convention. So before it started, there was an event, right? Got everybody nervous about... Uh, you know, people walking around with open carry guns. Um, the event, you know, there's been so many lately, I start to lose track of which one sparked which conversation, but I believe it was the, the officers that were shot and killed in Dallas. Um, but that actually Louisiana maybe was the more recent one. And uh, so definitely between the two, it caused the chief of police of Cleveland to say he wanted to suspend open carry. He wanted to just trample, <coughs> trample, trample the Constitution and the laws that are in place and say, for the days that we're here for the Republican National Convention, I, I don't want anybody to lawfully be able to open carry a firearm. So we can just take that Second Amendment and just kind of like put it to the side anytime we'd like to? Yeah. That was the message that he sent. And, of course, there was swift backlash that that's just not how America works. Even Kasich said, I can't do that because the law says I can't do that. I was really proud of him because he has not been my favorite. He's not a real pro-gun guy as far as I can see. But for him to say that means that he's pro-rights. He's pro the law, the law says you can't do this, you don't do it. Yeah, for sure. So we were very encouraged that, that Kasich did say, you know, look, that is that is not how we roll here. And uh, so I was really happy about that. And so then we have four days in Cleveland with people open carrying. Um, you know, this is a very contentious and, and emotional presidential uh, election season. So what right? happened, Cheryl, with all those open carry people? What happened? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that is the good news that I can pretty much guarantee you are not going to hear anything about on the big news networks on CNN or Fox. I doubt that anybody is going to say, okay, wait, let's, let's take a look at this. We have emotions running high. Right. We have these two shootings recently where where a police officers have been targeted. And then we have all of these people open and most likely conceal carrying firearms that are loaded, that are at the ready. Right. <clears throat> Absolutely not one person did the wrong thing at the exact same time. I didn't check the statistics in Chicago. But let's just think about. Historically speaking, most, most likely right. something happened. So, and that's wh- where you're not allowed to have an open carry or a concealed carry, as far as I know. Did they recently change their laws? I, I'm not sure. But so let's just say that when nothing happens, mm-hmm. there's no news. Yeah. I mean, except that I'll never forget that time that Shepard Smith oh. on, on Fox, um, he went for. What was it? An hour or two? We I th- think there's a shooting. We're not sure. 
Yeah. We're going to keep you in touch. We're going to stay on. We'll stay on the news here. And five minutes later, well, we're not sure. Somebody heard it. Well, we might. We're not sure if it was a gunshot. Yeah, we have no witnesses. We have no evidence. We have no pictures. We have no tweets. We have no any indication. But just this this is just in. This is just in. What? Nothing's happened yet, but we're still. Looking to see. Yeah, no, so that, stay tuned. that nothing they'll report because they're just salivating right. for something to happen where somebody has misused a firearm. But when here is, I don't even know how many people were out there and in, in Cleveland that did exactly the right thing. And there was, there was protesters. Mm-hmm. There was all kinds of demonstrations there mm-hmm. and nothing Nothing happened. And then let's look at Dallas for a minute, okay? So when those officers were targeted and they were shot and killed, um, such a horrible and tragic event. But I heard some people come out and say, oh, so you had conceal and open carriers there. They didn't stop this from happening. So that debunks your whole rhetoric about how, you know, a, a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. Sure, I'm going to stop you right there. There's been several times I carry a gun, mm-hmm. several times that I have not pulled out my gun. The situation's not correct. Mm-hmm. You know, our, the first thing, we're, we're supposed to defend, mm-hmm. not attack. We're exactly. Not, we're not supposed to go be the aggressor. We're st- to defend. Exactly. So when you can walk away from it, we're supposed to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to take care of ourselves first. Mm-hmm. So I thought they did a good job with that. They really did, but, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, you can't win because the the detractors try to point out that, okay, so where were all these good guys with a gun stopping the bad guys with a gun? Well, they were doing exactly what they are supposed to do as safe and responsible gun owners. They were not escalating the situation. What the, what the rights restrictors have, have always painted as a picture is that you're going to have an, a Dallas situation and you're going to have all these people who are armed and They're shooting at each other, not knowing who. Right. They're going to shoot at each other. The police are going to shoot at innocent uh, bystanders because they're going to be confused about who the bad guy is. Right. You're going to have all this mayhem going on and none of that happened. They did exactly the right thing. And instead of hearing that on the news... What do we hear? Nothing. Well, we heard a little of nothing, but we also heard that, oh, where's all the good guys with a gun? They're the ones that, that, since they don't understand, they aren't educated, they aren't trained how to properly use a firearm, those are the responses of people to say what they wanted citizens to rush in and try to play the hero of the day. No, we don't. Would you want want the police department to, when they hear shooting, just to start shooting in the crowd. No, they have to find the target, mm-hmm. and they have to def- they have to protect themselves, mm-hmm. and then they approach the target and and they have to know right. what what is beyond the target exactly. And so that is how a responsible gun owner is taught too. Yeah. So so I say we have a lot to a lot of praise to spread around uh, to the responsible gun owners in in Dallas who were under fire. They were in the worst case scenario and not one person did the wrong thing other than clearly the bad guy who was there to break every law that he could possibly think of. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, the police even approached one. uh, I understand there was one black uh, person Mm -hmm. that had an AR 15 with him Mm -hmm. 
And he approached the police and surrendered his gun just to make sure that they knew that he wasn't involved. Right. And to reduce the level of confusion about who it might be, because maybe, you know, the description could have fit him. Right. Right. The description of the bad guy might have been close to what he knows he sees in the mirror every day. So he's like, you know what, I'm going to. I'm going to de-escalate this. I'm going to reduce confusion. I'm going to go straight to the the police and just let them know that um, I'm not I'm not the guy. You know, take me out of the equation. And the police have to be really careful because sometimes there's undercover police that are on duty, and um, they can't just go in there blazing. They have to identify the targets. Exactly. And so the same as what we would do is, as being an armed citizen. So true. I mean, just take those two examples, and it just makes me scratch my head honestly that i i truly uh have a hard time understanding why people want to vilify the tool itself and why people can't understand that you know there are dallas and cleveland are dallas specifically was a perfect picture that you could expand over the entire united states there's a tiny minority of people misusing the tool, misusing the gun. And then look at the multitudes of people that are doing exactly the right thing. So, um, well, it looks like we're not going to be able to connect with uh, the congressman, Steve Russell. We'll definitely get him rescheduled, though. He's got just some awesome stuff. He was um, a special speaker that we had talking to the ladies of the D.C. Project when we were in the nation's capital recently. And he just did such a great job of standing up each one of these um, supposed common sense um he posed them as questions, and so that's what's in my mind. But these common sense suggestions about, you know, what we should do with expanding gun laws and, and that sort of thing. And he just he just gave us truth, the actual factual truth. Um, and it was really, it was just wonderful to see somebody, especially up on Capitol Hill, where, right. where they catch so much flack for doing it wrong so often. Well, we know he's busy, so we'll have to reschedule him in. But I was super impressed. I mean, I'm listening to him. I didn't know when I was talking to him that he was a owner of a gun manufacturing company. Yeah, Two Rivers Arms in Oklahoma. I mean, go figure that uh, somebody could get elected to Congress and, and be a gasp owner and manufacturer of Firearms. And they're military-style firearms. <gasps> <laughs> Double gasp, right? All right. Well, stick around because we do have a very interesting and, and compelling guest to bring on the air. Charles Heller of the JPFO, the Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership, coming up right after this to talk to us about a documentary called No Guns. For Negroes. Mm, right after this. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, 
military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. We're sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I'm excited about our next guest. It's Charles Heller. He's a co-founder of AZCDL, JPFO, and host of Liberty Watch Radio. He's going to talk to us today about no guns for Negroes. Charles, are you there? Yes, sir. Let me get off the speaker. All right. Hey, glad to have, have you. Have a guest on the speaker. Yeah. Yeah, glad to I'm here. have you on. Uh, you wear so many hats. I I just didn't know where to start, honestly, with our interview because um, the AZCDL, we have Dave Kopp on as often as I can get him here. He's the president. Wow. Yeah, and, he's the only guy. You're the only media outlet he'll go near. Well, you know what? And I had to, and I get that, and I had to kind of... Um, prove myself to him because you know those of us who value our second amendment rights it's very scary for us to talk to any media right no not from i for most people it, it for many people it is it's not scary it's just uh, much of the media just isn't trustworthy and uh you know some parts of it are yours and mine and a few others are mm-hmm. and, but most of the rest of the media is not very trustworthy and they're not very friendly to the facts that's true. And so the AZCDL is the Arizona Citizens Defense League. Yep. And, uh, you know, you and three other guys came from somewhere else, right? You guys are not from Arizona. So well, you- let's see. Uh, Fred, the treasurer, is from Virginia. Dave's from New York. John is from New York. And I'm from Chicago. And so big shock that you would come to a place like Arizona and want to do everything you can to be sure that we don't lean even a millimeter in the direction of the kind of laws that you came from? Well, I I prefer an SAE standard, let's say a quarter of an inch. (laughs) Nice. So you're from Chicago, the home of the gun-free zone? Yeah, well, I actually moved here in 1978. I'm I'm a political refugee for the right to keep and bear arms. (laughs) I actually moved here. No, I I am. I, I moved here in 78. 
specifically because of firearms. Like an idiot, I would have registered a gun when I was 21 years old. So when I tried to register a gun, they said, well, are you in security or are, are you a security guard or police officer? I said, no. I said, well, we don't accept registrations. I said, yeah, but it has to be legal. In order to register the gun, in order for it to be legal, you have to accept my registration. They said, no, we don't. And I moved uh, within, uh, I turned 21 in March of 78, and I moved in November specifically for that reason. Crazy. And then you come out here to Arizona, and you try to register your gun, and they go, what well, are you talking about? We don't. I wouldn't be stupid enough to, to register <laughs> one, with the exception of something that's Class 3, and I'm a Class 3 owner. Mm-hmm. So. It's funny yeah, how yeah. people come in the store all the time and say, okay, I moved from a different state, and now I need to register my guns in Arizona. I just laugh and say, you yeah. know, just, we're just in Arizona. Your business. This is a free state. Yeah, you get to be treated yeah. like an adult here. I used to say, um, we have Barry Goldwater for a senator. We don't put up with that kind of nonsense. <laughs> back in the day. So. That's great. Um, so you also are host of Liberty Watch Radio. And before we dive into um, the the documentaries we wanted to talk to you about, tell us a little bit about your, your radio show. You're, you're out of Tucson, Arizona, correct? Right. I'm on KVOI in Tucson. I'm on terrestrial radio. And the uh, I've been at it for 18 years. And the premise of Liberty Watch is so that government remains servant, not master. And based on the notion that if you're going to have an informed electorate, you need good information that doesn't put people to sleep. So I try to do radio in such a way that not only interesting in the content, but also even interesting in the commercials. Very nice. That's yeah. uh, that's awesome. Everybody needs to check that out. We can connect online for your your the shows that you've already done, right? Do you, right. Yeah. You... LibertyWatchRadio.com on the recent shows page. Tomorrow I have uh, former Secret Service Officer Gary Byrne coming on. He's wrote a fanta- written a fantastic book called Crisis of Character about the time he spent in the Clinton White House, and it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have him on tomorrow about that for a whole hour. I read the book when I have a guest cover to cover, and we have a probative interview about the content of their work. And what times are you on? I'm on from 10 in the morning until uh, 1 in the afternoon. I have three programs, Swap Shop, which people call in and buy and sell and trade things. Guns are welcomed and encouraged. Uh, and anything lawful and moral, so you can sell your machine gun if it's on a Form 4, but no pornography. Because, you know, one has social value and the other doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then comes Liberty Watch, and then the last hour is called America Armed and Free. It's about things with a muzzle, a nozzle, or a blade. And I do some manufacturers, some right-to-keep-and-bear-arms interviews, and a lot of military history. I've had Medal of Honor holders. I had the vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs on for a whole hour. Wow. Charles, what? I'm surprised we don't know each other better. I mean, come on. I mean, you have swap talk. You talk about and we, and we have an auction house in, in Phoenix. So, yeah, we're going to have to talk off the air and get, get all caught up. But you and I met uh, almost a year ago because right, we were GRPC. both yeah at the Gun Rights Policy Conference put on by the Second Amendment Foundation. It was here in Phoenix last year, and we were both on a panel talking about how to use the media to protect our rights. And this year it's in Florida. So... Um, I'm planning on going. Are you going? Absolutely. I got my tickets this week, and I'm going to see my daughter. I have a new grandson, uh, Mason Maverick Moore. Awesome. (laughs) Like that. Yeah, Yeah. if if our uh, daughter has another child and it's a boy, she wants to go with the first name Maverick. So it's... it's on everybody's mind, you know, just kind of like, let us stop being sheep. Let us be Mavericks. You know... uh, then for his middle name, uh, his uh, father is an Air Force, uh, was an Air Force crew chief, and uh, he um, 
tell you a funny story about that if I have time. But anyway, he said, uh, are, is he named after the uh, the Western character Maverick? He says, hell no, he's named after a missile. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, my goodness. And, well, I took him to the Pima Air Museum, and uh, I have a tremendous interest in uh, undersea warfare. I've been to 25 of the 28 submarines on display in the United States, and I've also been to two that are not on display, including getting to go to sea for a day on the Tucson. And uh, I I have a great affinity for submarines, and uh, he has a similar affinity for F-15s. And we went to the PM Air Museum, uh, my uh, son-in-law and I, and he just went and hugged the F-15 out there. <laughs> it's great. Well, well, <laughs> Watch ha- a grown man get misty-eyed over an airplane. It's fun. Seriously. Well, let's uh, kind of narrow in on sure. uh, the Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership. Now, that is a group. It's a website. And um, we're probably going to have to lean into the the uh, documentaries when we come back from commercial. But tell us a little bit about that organization itself. Sure. Why would we have an organization with that specific of a name? Because most Jews have a rectal cranial inversion about firearms, <laughs> to, to tell you the truth. And uh, the, the never again Jews moved to Israel, and the take my guns Jews moved to New York and retired to Florida. Mm. And we needed a national organization, and there was a, which the need was recognized by one Aaron Zellman of Aaron of Blessed Memory. And uh, in 1989, he formed JPFO to try to re-educate the Jews. And when he realized that was impossible, he expanded the mission of JPFO to just simply ending gun control. Because gun control is in and of itself evil. And uh, it's poisonous and it kills people. And um, and, and, it's, and so he started this organization because he had a position, a platform, if you will, a, a podium, being Jewish and observant, and uh, to uh, start this organization. Aaron passed on in 2010, and uh, I was appointed his replacement, and I tried to fill his shoes. And uh, the organization, the model that they weren't keeping the model that Aaron used, basically he ran JPFO from his home. They tried to make it survive in an office and with overhead, and that, uh, that caused it to not be as successful as Aaron had made it, because frankly, I'm not Aaron. And uh, as a result, uh, we were uh, rescued by the Second Amendment Foundation, and it now lives under the wing of the Second Amendment Foundation. But we just, we're still going strong. We, uh, we once again have the Aaron-esque model for running it, where it's housed in another place underneath the wing of something else. It was housed under Aaron's wing originally. Now it's housed at JPFO, so we don't have the overhead. And uh, as a result, the JPFO is uh, back in the black, and it's... Uh, prospering we just uh, uh, put our ninth uh, um, grandpa jack pamphlet out grandpa grandpa jack is a cartoon character who is used for a a, a mouthpiece for uh the truth about right to keep and bear arms so it's pretty neat, pretty neat thing charles i can't it's hard for me to understand how a community that went through so much in the in the 40s how they could come back and let the government take their guns away well Judaism is a political system just as much as it, it as as a uh, as a religion, and the system that the Jews have developed over the millennia to survive has been sort of a herd mentality, and so any individual that takes responsibility for himself rather than being elected by the group to do it 
is viewed with fear, much like uh, Colonel Dave Grossman's analogy about the sheep, the sheepdog, and the wolf. Uh, they, the, the, the herd fears the sheepdog as much as the wolf. And that's basically true of, of Jews around the world, except for those few that have taken responsibility for their own security, as Israel has. So that's what happened. That is so interesting because, you know, we take any opportunity we can um, in California. And then when we were in Washington, D.C. recently to go to the Holocaust Museum and just keep ourselves reminded about the steps, the tiny little steps that were taken over a course of years and the rhetoric that was used and the reasoning that was used to uh, cause people to look more and more to the government to save them rather than uh, their their individual self and their individual freedoms. And so, well, go ahead. Well, Stephen Halbrook has written on this recently. He wrote uh, a year and a half ago, he came out with a book about the, the Nazis' gun control and the Holocaust. And it's a fascinating study. He's been studying this for 15 years. And uh, it's his second book. He wrote a gun about the Nazis in Switzerland. And he wrote a book, and that research led him to the research about the Nazis and the Holocaust and how gun control was used as a method, not the only method, certainly, but a method of uh, deepening and, and, and uh, enabling the Holocaust. And you should hear the wailing and gnashing of teeth when you bring that truth out, for especially from the left in this country. In fact, Slate Magazine has gone on a, a, a one-publication mission to destroy that truth. Mm. Uh, they've come out with all kinds of articles that say, yeah. oh, the Holocaust, yeah, gun control had nothing to do with the Holocaust. Tell that to the people who were in, arrested, to the Jews who were in, arrested and put in concentration camps while they were turning their guns in. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, in an orderly and lawful fashion. Exactly. Just line them up and everybody just behave nicely and, and the government will take care of you. This, and we have to clean you up, just step into this nice shower. Yeah, exactly. My goodness. All right, I get shivers just thinking about it. Well, we're going to run to commercial and you're going to stick around and talk to oh, us yeah. some more, right? I'm here. Fantastic. Well, stick around because when we come back, we are going to talk about some documentaries that were put out there by the JPFO. One is titled No Guns for Negroes. One, No Guns for Jews. And Innocence Betrayed. And our theme today is No Guns for You. Stick around. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. 
gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Old Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Potty Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at pottygoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Collier sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. We're glad you're with us today, and if you missed any part of the show, you can be sure to check out our website for the recording. We are talking with Charles Heller. Charles, um, I have a question for you. Are you still with us, right? Ooh, I'm right here. You're quiet. Okay. There you yeah, are. Yeah, a little quiet there. Um, well, let me so, tell, tell the, the listeners who Charles is. Charles um, is here in Arizona. I mean, we are broadcasting nationwide, but we're sitting in Arizona. He is uh, one of the founders of the Arizona Citizens Defense League. He is on the, the board of the Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership. And he is the host of his own radio show, Liberty Watch Radio, out of Tucson. And uh, we're, we're going to be talking to him today about some documentaries that go along with our theme, which is No Guns for You. So, Dan, well, what were you going to ask? Charles, it's, it's hard to believe that there are people out there that feel that the guns confiscation that Hitler did had nothing to do with the Holocaust. Well, there's people out there that think the moon landing was a hoax, too. So yeah, what can you do? You know, <laughs> what can you do? We have a, mm-hmm. the word in Spanish is Meshuggah. <laughs> in Spanish, yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're south of the Gila, and in Arizona, any language south of the Gila, any language not English, is automatically deemed to be Spanish. So we just say it's is <laughs> in Spanish. But there's it. people who believe anything that 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 is a lie on the surface, and if you dig a quarter inch under, you'll find the truth. But they're not into digging. No. So you know that that that's why JPFO exists. We are the ones that did the research that showed that the uh, 68 Gun Control Act was actually a translation of the 1938 weapons, Nazi Weapons Act. was translated by the State Department for uh, Senator uh, Christopher Dodd's father, Thomas Dodd, who was a prosecutor at Nuremberg. And uh, he discovered the Nazi weapons law, brought it in German to the State Department. They translated it, and some portions of it became verbatim uh, law in the United States. Right, a lot so, of it's word, almost word for word. It's, it's some amazing. Of it, yeah. Yeah. Some of it, right. And we're the ones that did the research on that. The book was originally called Lethal Laws. That's out of print, but there's uh, another one. I'm trying to think of the name of the book uh, that's, that we put out. Um, but it's about, the, it, it's about that. If you go on JPFO's website, jpfo.org, you can find it. We did some other documentaries, No Guns for Jews. We did No Guns for Negroes. That, that title really aggravates some folks. Mm-hmm. And we did that for a reason. We made that with people from the Congress of Racial Equality, um, um, Mr. Innes, uh, 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 Niger Innes, who's the son of the founder of, uh, of um, the Congress of Racial Equality. We made the movie with him. 
and it explains how the roots of gun control in the United States are mostly based in racism. You really didn't see gun control in the United States until just after the Civil War when freed blacks were denied the right to keep and bear arms, which is the reason, in part, that the 14th Amendment was passed, and uh, so that black people could uh, engage in the right to keep and bear arms, and thank God they did, because the Klan went after a lot of them, and there were very few people that were able to respond to them, and among them were the armed blacks. You had people like the Deacons for Defense in the South and other armed black groups that uh, helped with defense. Did, so, you see, and, did you see the movie uh, Hillary's America? Yes, I saw it last night. And wasn't it amazing how all that ties in? Yeah, oh, it certainly does. But uh, it, And then we made another one called Innocence Betrayed. And a lot of people you'll hear in the right to keep and bear arms arguments People will talk about the amount of, uh, of, uh, of citizens of various countries, 170 million of whom were killed by their own governments. It's called democide, outside of war. And the predicate act in every single case was this disarmament of the civilian population from the Armenian massacre all the way on up to, uh, in the 70s, Pol Pot and uh, in, the, in the Rwandan genocide, the predicate act in every case, was disarmament of the populace. And we document that in the movie Innocence Betrayed, which is basically available free now on uh, YouTube, even though we still sell the movie. So non-believers that watch the movie, what is their defense? How can they, how can they fight that argument that the government takes your guns away and then they control you? Well, because they, don't, they believe that it's the government's role to protect people, and however errant that belief may be, you probably already know this, but the government is immune from being held responsible for protecting the citizens. Uh, I had a debate on air with the sheriff of Pima County when the, the previous sheriff, uh, uh, Clarence Dupnik, and I said, uh, is it the duty of the police to protect the citizen? He said, oh, oh yes, it's in the Arizona Constitution. <laughs> you know, I read the Arizona Constitution nine times after that, word for word, every word of it, all 47 titles. Uh, excuse me, that's the Arizona law. Uh, I read the entire Arizona Constitution, and I could find nowhere in there no reference to the duty of the police to protect the individual citizen. Contrapositively, though, the Supreme Court has ruled on several occasions that the police have no duty whatsoever to protect the individual citizen, unless there's a special relationship like handcuffs in the, involved in the process. Uh, then they have a duty to protect somebody in custody. But other than that, uh, they have no duty to protect anyone. And uh, like I say on Liberty Watch, yo-yo and yo-yor. You're on your own, and you own your own results. Hmm. Well, so the people that are listening right now, and they're going, wait a minute, what are you talking about, the police? It says right on the side of their car to serve and protect. So if they're not supposed to protect us, or they're not designed to protect us, what are they designed to do? No, 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 no. That's not true. They are designed to protect us. But people don't understand how. The police do not protect the people, they protect the society. Mm-hmm. In other words, what they do is they are, their job, their oath, is to make an arrest when a crime has occur- occurred. And the way they protect this is they take people who would do bad things or have done bad things and incarcerate them. In that way, they do protect us, but they, don't, but they protect us societally that way, not individually. And they can't guarantee protect us. They're, they'll do their best, but... It's our responsibility to protect ourselves. Right, exactly. And, but the, the thing is, is, what people don't understand is, yes, it, it, 
and this is our side sometimes that when you say, oh, police don't protect us. That's not true. They do protect us. But the way they protect us is not to protect the individual, but to protect the society. Mm-hmm. And what we need to do is, and we need to be clear about that, because otherwise what we do is we form animosities between us and law enforcement that don't exist. Yes, police do protect us, but they don't protect us individually. They only protect us societally. We are, it's up to us to protect ourselves individually, and that's the argument we need to make against the, the, the uh, anti-freedom side of the argument. By the way, I am not pro-gun. You are pro? I'm, pro, I'm pro-freedom. Pro-freedom, pro-gun, If you're pro-gun, it's, it, it, then the opposite of that is being anti-gun, and, and what you do is you legitimize the other side. When you say I'm pro-gun, what you're saying is, well, that means somebody could be anti-gun. But what I am is pro-freedom. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to be anti-freedom, that's on you. Mm-hmm. But I'm pro-freedom when it comes to the right to keep and bear arms and most other things in life. Mm-hmm. I'm and, also pro-responsibility. Right. And uh, and phraseology matters. Terminology yeah. matters. Sort yeah, of like assault weapons? The argument usually wins the debate. <clears throat> Which side do you say? I said he who frames the argument usually wins the debate. Absolutely. And I just want to be sure that we've we've touched back on everyone in this conversation is highly respectful and supportive of our, our first responders, of our, our police right. officers. Uh, that part of the conversation was in no way to say that, you know, there's anything they're, they're right. falling short or, or they're, you know, in any way bad um, because people will actively try to hear what you're not saying. And. Yeah. I, I think I, if, I know if I'm I've, used to being misconstrued, right? If I've learned anything from this presidential can, uh, uh, election season, it is exactly that uh, people are are trying so hard to misconstrue comments and phrases and terminology, and they run off uh, with manufactured um, bits and pieces of of uh, sentences. And uh, it's just gone crazy. So I just wanted to be sure that we had tried to cover that as best we can. And those that will do what they do are going to go ahead and, and make something bad out of it anyway. But. Do what they do, yeah. <laughs> Well, you did make one mistake, Cheryl. You said that the police are the first responder, and yep. to, they're not the first responder. We are the first responders. True, true. Right. I agree with that. Or there's an interesting concept out there. You might even do a show on it. It's called Responder Zero. Hmm. I have not heard the re- that. The responder zero concept is the police may be the first responders, but the zero responders are the ones involved in the incident. And uh, in fact, I had a I was on the way home from GRPC in uh, I think in Houston a few years ago, and uh, my buddy Tom Woodrow and I, who's, who replaced my seat on the board of the Citizens Defense League when I stepped off, and the uh, I'm now an officer. I'm their I'm their uh, media coordinator. Mm. Same with the JPFO. I'm not on their board. I'm the media coordinator. But okay. In any case, uh, we were driving home from Houston, and we saw a car on fire. And being a Boy Scout, and my oath never expired, I have two fire extinguishers in the car. Nice. And we put the fire out. And just as we finished putting the fire out, the fire department arrived. Mm. And um, they said, you know, and basically they came running up with a bunch of equipment and an axe and ready to go. And we said, would you like a bottle of cold water? <laughs> And the, nice. and the guy took it and said, thanks. <laughs> and he says, what happened? I said, well, we were the first responders. And they all laughed. They knew exactly what we meant. Yeah. And uh, they thanked us. And uh, they said, 
you know, I'm, they said, where are you going? I said, back to Tucson. They said, I'm sorry, we would charge your fire extinguisher for you, but you're leaving. So they would have given us a free charge on the fire extinguisher. That would have been great. But the point is, we were the first responders. Exactly. And I, you know, I hadn't heard that phrase before, but it's kind of like being patient zero, you know. Yeah, uh, so, you know, you're, you're in the action, you're in the moment. And uh, we should do more, I think, about making sure that uh, from as early age as possible, our children are, are taught and trained, just like we train them to, to, uh, to swim. Right yep. and and stop, drop, and roll. If there's a fire, if if you know if a part of them catches fire, mm-hmm. it's no different. We should train them. We should train them with firearms. I want to go back, if I may. Um, I want people minutes. to know to know that JPFO is a tremendous resource for you. We're a teaching. We're a printer. We're a publisher. So we have all kinds of resources. Instead of getting in an, into an argument with your anti-freedom friends. Get the. We have a three-play DVD that has no guns for Jews, no guns for Negroes, and I think um, the uh, Innocents Betrayed all on one disc. You can order that disc, go to their house, plop it in their VCR, and bring some popcorn with you, pop the popcorn for them, and have them watch the movies. That way you don't have to get into an argument. You let the, the, the movies make the argument for you. I like you, that. And, and what we do, we have the Grandpa Jack, if instead of for trick or treat for Halloween, instead of giving out candy, pass out Grandpa Jack pamphlets to the kids. They're like a coloring book, but they have a really good message in them Very about cool. right to keep and bear arms and other freedoms. So these are things you can do. These are active things that JPFO will help you do. And we're not really, I mean, it's a few bucks. You can buy these in packets of, of eight for, I think, five bucks. Awesome. I mean, you know, you're not... We're not trying to get rich off of your activism. Right. Well, unfortunately, we have to go, but we are going to have to have you back on again in the future, Charles. Glad to. Thank you so much. We will talk soon. As they say in Spanish, as I gesund. <laughs> I love that. All right. Stick around for the second hour of Gun Freedom Radio. We've got a lot more coming up with our topic today. No guns for you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com.